welcome to the Capital City Crew Podcast. Join your hosts Jeff, Owen, Josh, and Herman as they dive deep into the game of Malifaux. Explore sophisticated strategies and creative combinations, but always remember in Malifaux, bad things happen. All right. Hello, folks. Welcome to another exciting episode of the Capital City Crew Podcast. I'm your host, Owen, and I'm here with the usual crew, Jeff, Josh, and Herman. And we're here today to talk about the super exciting new errata and FAQ that just dropped from Weird. So finally, is, God. Yeah, yeah, finally. We, we've been expecting this for quite some time and have been wanting to record this episode, um, but now we are finally able to with the final changes. So uh, we're going to talk about who are the winners, who are the losers, what are the biggest and most impactful changes to the meta, uh, at least as far as we can tell at this early point. Um, as with all erratas and changes, a lot of the impact is going to shake out over the coming months. But we're excited to talk to you about our first impressions, and you will see if our predictions bear out. Uh, you but first, are way too reasonable. The best reactions, the correct reactions, are the instant knee-jerk reactions. <laughs> Come on. Come on, man. Sorry, they, I guess that's what people really are here for, right? They have taken all of our toys and replaced them with worse toys. That they kind of stuff. Filled with nerfs. Just hey, filled with decimated. I, I have I have some good toys and outcasts, although I am chagrined that your long campaign of Nerf Leviticus has borne fruit. Nerf Leviticus! Nope, no, no more. No more nerfs. Uh, but anyways, we'll get to the details of this uh, after this week's 10-minute tech talk, which I'm told by Josh is the weird-ass tech talk specific to English Ivan. So I'm excited about that as someone who just got his butt handed to him against English Ivan in round two of the April Fool's League. So, uh, Josh, you, tell us. what did You did wow. get completely bodied, didn't you? Uh, yeah, it, it was bad. Uh, so what what should I have done? And, and the answer is probably not something I could do in Outcast, but Pro- take it away. Probably less something you can do in Outcast. But as we pointed out, English Ivan, kind of a bastard, turning concealment into a positive flip. Uh, and he's really, really good at getting concealment. So what can you do about this? And this is something that people have, have speculated on for a while. And I think this was actually in the... FAQ document for the Malifaux uh, Vassal League, but it's now officially in the 2021 uh, April FAQ uh, saying that if an action does not require line or ignores line of sight, uh, it ignores sight lines for cover and concealment. So how can you make a, an attack ignore line of sight when your opponent is making it against you? And the answer to that is protected and take the hit. Those the, the redirected attacks from take the hit and the redirected attacks from protected uh, ignore all targeting restrictions and line of sight. So now suddenly the attack that up until that point had concealment, because obviously he's going to do, do it through a shadow marker or do it through a forest or do it through one of the million different ways English Ivan has to get concealment, now ignores line of sight. So you ignore drawing that line of sight through the concealing terrain, so that attack now no longer has concealment. You have redirected the attack and deprived English Ivan of his uh, 
his much beloved uh, positive flip. So you can use that to just uh, hopefully vex, ideally completely thwart English Ivan's ability to uh, convert a positive flip to a crow to land that summon to just completely ruin your day. Jeez. But So uh, as I predicted, neither of those abilities exist in actions. <laughs> Uh, and in fact, they exist in many factions, uh, just not not outcast. And it appears also not Neverborn. In Neverborn, yeah. Oh no, there's at least some models with protected Neverborn Dreamer. Uh, oh yeah, Ter- the no, Terror. I'm gonna take a hit. And Terratot and Dreamer have some form of protected, I believe, uh, if my search here is correct, which it may not be. But but indeed, that would not have done it. Just play better factions. Oh, I'm, I'm, sorry, I'm sorry that your uh, faction of full boom boom from range can't uh, ignore everything. Well, Says the person ignore... playing the faction of full boom boom from range that also summons. Yeah, we do ignore we do ignore concealing. That's my secret tech, which is take scouts. Uh, but that doesn't really help if you are taking. Yes, you you take scouts with rocket launchers because that makes sense. Yeah, they're stealthy rocket launchers. It does. It's it, they put a sil- they put a silencer on the rocket launcher. Very stealthy. Makes sense almost as much as ninja samurai with gatling guns. Well, we'll talk about how that's not a thing anymore. Um, so, but yeah, so so English Ivan, right? So protected, take the hit. Uh, how how much access? Well, what did you do? Did you use that in a recent game? Um. No, I just thought of it when you were playing your game. Actually, I was thinking about your game and what one can do about that. Uh, and that just dawned on me as a thing. Also, I've been playing a lot of uh, the uh, Intrepid uh, Emissary. So Take the Hit is on my mind. Also, with the, the rata changes to uh, Ashigaru summoning, Take the Hit was on my mind. This also means, uh, and I've encountered this playing against uh, Explorer Society, that uh, the intrepid emissary that's hiding behind a uh, brick wall can't take the hit and then get cover as well. So that's good changes. Correct. Correct. Wait, wait, wait. So not to throw some potentially cold water on your your theory here, but so I pulled up Take the Hit, pulled up an Ashigaru friend, or the, the poster child for ridiculous staying power. And it is after an enemy model targets a friendly model within two. Mm-hmm. So how are you... You're, you're mainly saying use take the hit to pass their own attacks off onto their own guys? Uh, no, this is when Ashgar are attack When English Ivan is attacking you. This is yeah. to oppose English Ivan, not to help English yeah, Ivan. So, so, but, so the plan is take someone to take the hit, move them up, and then when they attack, your guy would take the hit, pass it on to English Ivan's concealed guys. No, it's uh, so when you shoot at, uh, at, at one of anyone in English Ivan's crew, or sorry, when English Ivan shoots at anyone in your crew, you can choose to take the hit with something, and at that point, it ignores line of sight and other targeting restrictions. So they will no longer get, he no longer gets the bonus for concealment because line of sight lines are not drawn anymore. Uh, they're completely ignored for the rest of that activation. He can still get a positive if he has distracted, because that's just how he works, but uh, it removes the concealment bonus. 
there is always the option of just targeting the model with take the hit. Uh, but in the case of the Ashigaru, at least, that's a willpower four model, so at least it limits the stuff that you can get from... Yeah, I mean, uh, anything that, that takes that broken specter out of the thing is really useful. Which both the Intrepid Emissary and the uh, Ashigaru do. So wait, but... So the... Uh, so you're taking the hit onto your own guy. I mean, that's how take the hit works. Right, so then how is that attacking English Ivan? No, I think... It's, you don't pass I think there's some confusion as to what. Yes, it's, you're. Go ahead, Josh. It's not that you're making English Ivan get hit. It's that you're making English Ivan lose his positive flip from concealment. Oh, I see. I see. All right, got it. That's the that's the missing piece. All right. Well, sorry for being dense, but hopefully, I can be a stand-in for our listeners who might have been confused by the interaction. So the key is. This is the FAQ change about when the target changes. No, it is the FAQ about if the action does not require a line of sight or ignores line of sight, uh, are sight lines still drawn to determine cover and concealment? And the sight lines are not drawn. So they would not get concealment. So they would not get the positive flip that they would get from concealment. Did you get all that? Yes. Awesome. I'm glad we could we could iron that out. If anybody else has any questions, we will let you uh, talk with Pandemic Josh, and he will go into detail on how this is a thing. When does he change from Pedantic Josh to Nitpicky Josh? About uh, three years ago. I feel like Pandantic Josh is the final form of Nitpicky Josh. Oh, no, there's still more evolves of Josh. Yeah, I feel like that changes based on the situation. I don't think you can just do that. Yes, the, the difference between pedantic and nitpicky. But that, I suppose, is neither here nor there. Yeah. <laughs> he nitpicks. <laughs> All right, moving on. Um, All right. Uh, so with that couple-minute tech talk there, um, <laughs> try that out. Let us know how it goes. Hopefully you'll be less confused than I am. Uh, and... Hopefully it'll work out for you against English Ivan. And if you have other English Ivan tips, especially for how to players, let me know. Um, I for a future episode potentially, I want to look at and examine the well. Don't take anything willpower six or better uh, plan, which could work some of the time for some keywords, but uh, that's that's another common anti Ivan. Uh, quote-unquote tech, I've heard. Oh, man, we were telling one of our friends just to do that, and he was not happy with that advice. I mean, it's very keyword-dependent whether that's viable or not. Just just take bad models. I mean, I mean simple as that. If you're playing uh, against Explorer Society as Ivan and they take Harada, uh, I can tell you from first-hand experience, that's a bad day. Why is that? He makes the target ignore all positives on their flips, so it doesn't matter how many positives you have, you don't have them anymore. Within a three-inch aura. Interesting. So would you get the negatives, or would it just they become positives and then they're ignored? No, so all uh, all the positives just go away. 
and if you have a negative on you for some reason, you still get the negatives, but all the positives that you have are ignored. Like they're not like removed, they're just ignored. So he can't change any of them into crows. So uh, in the specific case uh, in the game that I was playing, I had to use a high crow and a soul stone in order to get a soul stone or a summon off uh, instead of being able to rely on the uh, turning a positive into a crow. Only works for performers and uh, EBS, though, because that's how Harada's stuff works. That is correct. Uh, but good thing to keep in mind with uh, both Colette and uh, Maxine. That that does seem pretty good. Uh, all right. Well, there you have it. So we're going to go to a quick break, and when we get back, we're going to dive right into this juicy... Uh, FAQ and errata, starting with some FAQ, some additional FAQ questions that we thought were particularly spicy. Uh, and then we'll get into the stuff that you all really want to hear, which is all of the errata changes and the hot takes. So stick with us. We'll be right back. All right. Welcome back, folks. So we're going to get started first with a look at the FAQs. So what were the new FAQ entries uh, this this go around? And what do you all see as the most impactful changes? Who wants to go first? I absolutely despise slow stone versus shrug off. Okay, talk to us about why. Well, because I slowed you or I stunned you, so you you got to take the penalty. But instead, when you shrug off, you're not taking a penalty really. And it's going to come back around with like a Kirio, and they like they literally put penalties on these models, and then you bring them in, and they're like, oh, this isn't actually a real penalty. Okay, so to to clarify, to catch to catch folks up, if you haven't seen the FAQ yet, this is that. If you have slow or stunned, and during your activation, you're able to remove either of those conditions through shrug off or other similar type uh, effects that remove a condition, do you still suffer the effect or does it go away? And the new FAQ ruling is... If you started your activation with slow and during your activation you lose slow, you get that AP back. Um, similarly, if you were stunned and you somehow lose stunned during your activation, you uh, you can then start to claim triggers again. And if you had used the bonus action, uh, you you get that effectively that that AP back. So right, and that's, that's the thing is you get the bonus AP back. From like shrug off. Uh, do we want to go down? Just go down through this list really quickly, and because most of these things we can just write off. As in, like the first one, if if model Z is controlling model X and it generates a new action, does Z control the new action? Yes. Uh, most people played it this way. This was just a clarification so that people couldn't argue. Well, no, the new action is controlled by me. No, it's not. Uh, so, like that one, we can skip over. Do we want to go? A down? homework assignment for listening to this podcast is having read this already. Is it? Oh, yeah, that is true. That, that is one of the things that we said. <clears throat> um, I was a little surprised to see that you can declare a trigger uh, that has a cost without uh, actually doing the cost. Uh, it doesn't do anything, but you can still declare it, which uh, 
having played Pandora, uh, specifically Candy and a couple of other uh, masters that uh, they'd reduce damage whenever uh, or if a trigger is not declared. Well, now they can declare triggers even if they can't pay the cost for it. So uh, that was an interesting change. I think another good change is the clarification of friendly versus enemy ski markers, whether those are different types of markers. Um, given that research mission is still in the pool for Gaining Grounds 2, which we will cover Gaining Grounds 2 missions in a separate podcast, but given that it is still in the season, uh, it's, I think that's a, a good clarification. I think most people were playing it that way already, but it's good to have it codified um, so that there's no argument. Same deal with the staggered versus obeys. That obey is still counting you as performing the action, not the enemy's model performing the action. So you can obey uh, a model with staggered or a model with planted roots and still have them move. Lots of people are playing it like that, uh, but I know in some tournament rule packets they were doing it the opposite, where if it had staggered, you could not obey them to move. Uh, you could not obey a friendly model to move. Um, so I agree with this interpretation of the rules because it's the model taking an action, not the model being moved. So it's nice that they finally cleared that up. I agree with having less arguments. Yeah. Owen? Oh, but it's one argument. I, I, I think you're, I think you're full of crap about the, the slow and stunned. It's like, Oh yeah. A model has an ability that, that counteracts this thing. That's Says the Kirai player. I mean, sure. I, yeah. I'm with Josh on this. I gotta say. I think if you have a way to get rid of it, you should. That's the, the point. I give you stunned. You have a bonus action that removes it. Mm, no, no. Screw you, Akirio. Screw you, Kirai. <laughs> the generating AP at the start of your activation thing is very M2E. Now you just count up the number of actions you've taken, and when you've hit that total, you're done. And yeah. this is the total that you get. So. Okay, so, but so speaking of controversy, so I'm surprised, honestly, that so we had a we have a list in our our like pre-show discussion topics. To me, the two biggest changes in all the FAQs, um, there's two of them. Uh, first one to me is the clarification of what happens when you have an ability that changes the target of an attack, like take the hit. Um, when models in that equation of the two different models have things like terrifying or uh, manipulative or, or whatnot. So previously, uh, some folks have been playing this as like, if you attack a terrifying model and you take the hit onto another terrifying model, you're taking terrified twice, which is really bad times uh, and, and not at all fun for the person trying to attack you. Um, and they've clarified that to be that if the target is changed, you don't regenerate other types of effects from the new target uh, if they had it. And then also interestingly, it says that manipulative, the manipulative uh, negative would only apply to the final target. So it doesn't matter if the original target had it or not. It's just whatever the final target had. So I think this is a good change. I think it clarifies some weird, unclear timing questions. 
Um, what are your all's thoughts on this one? And then we'll get to the other one that I think is a big one. I mean, I like it because I didn't attack a terrifying model. He jumped in the way. So it's not my fault. That is true. Yeah, you, you didn't have to work up the courage because he just showed up to get punched. Yeah, I'm, I'm not exactly uh, terrified or being manipulated by the thing that randomly jumped in front of my bullet so, or my sword or whatever it is that I'm hitting. Like it, It's more of a uh, thematic change, but it makes sense game-wise, too, where people were doubling up and it became a little bit too strong. I think it does definitely clarify the timing rules for it because the stuff that it's affected when it is targeting, uh, the target selection was already done. So that part seems to be finished. And that, that seems to be the, what they're codifying in this is that after the targeting has been done, uh, all the targeting effects apply. And if you change the target, that model wasn't targeted. It is, they really need more synonyms for these things is really what it comes down to. <laughs> if they didn't have to use the same term to describe both the initial and the final target for the effect, uh, I think a lot of this stuff will be cleared up. So you're saying that Weird needs to release a Malathosaurus? They did. Oh, God. That, I'm inserting the wah-wah thing there. That's, that's almost as bad as... It barely fits on a 50. It's amazing. Yeah. Um, all right. But so, but so Jeff, our, paras- our resident parasite peddler. Our, re- uh, re- our resident parasite. Yeah. So the, to me, the biggest one that stands out to me in the FAQ document is the FAQ clarifying questions about we are legion and healing. And so like, if you're at full health, do your things that, tr- so cr- both Chronicle and we are legion um, look at this. And it's basically, if you're already at full health, do you trigger things? And the answer is no, which I am a big proponent of as someone who has to fight it. But what are, what are y'all's thoughts? So interestingly enough with this, uh, if you were playing it another way uh, previously than this, uh, you were not necessarily wrong because this uh, kind of went back and forth a little bit of trying to decide how this would go. And at one point they were at odds with each other where Cadmus could heal, but uh, because it happened before uh, the damage actually, or the healing actually took place. So that it didn't discount, but then uh, the Chronicle ability never worked like that. Now they're both streamlined. Uh, they both do the same thing and you can easily explain to your opponent, if you are at full health, you cannot go above full health, so you are not counted as healing. In both cases, they both work the exact same way, so you cannot pass off healing from a full health model. Uh, honestly, I don't think it's an issue, uh, uh, that big of an issue for Cadmus. Um, it's more of an issue for the Chronicle uh, types, uh, where you have to set up damaging your models ahead of time. But will, uh, but Cadmus, they can damage their models anyway, so it's not that big of a detriment. It just means that you need to start playing with the assumption that your models are going to steadily be on like six or seven wounds and to pass off healing to others. And it's not that you know your models in the back just need to stay at lower than uh, you know their full life, and it's not that big of a deal. See, I completely agree with this ruling. It is a paragon of consistency with the uh, already existing rules about healing when at full, and I. I totally agree with it applying to both Chronicle and We Are Legion. I disagree with Jeff saying that this affects Chronicle models more than it affects uh, Cadmus models. 
uh, because of the way it ends up manifesting in that you have in the Chronicle models and injured something gets healed, triggers the Chronicle. You can injure stuff. You end up at full wounds uh, pretty easily. The, the net effect is that you get a bunch of bonus abilities for a little bit of uh, machinations like taking a uh, surveyor with price of progress or other similar wank. For We Are Legion, where you're seeing this stuff manifest is you summon in a uh, a Berserker Husk. Berserker Husks default to summoning in at less than full wounds. Okay. You then have a model at full wounds activate near Meredith Stanley, which would normally, or has people had played it, that model would heal you to pass it off to the Berserker Husk. The Berserker Husk would essentially net free healing. You'd end up with multiple full wound Berserker Husks with no effort on your part. Now that the full wound models can't heal, they don't get to pass that healing onto the Berserker Husk. Uh, so you're not generating multiple full wound Berserker Husks for zero effort on your part. So I think it it has the potential to affect the Cadmus models more than the Chronicle models or uh, Seeker models. And the, it, it's it's a wash. Like uh, when you when you summoned in the uh, Berserker Husk, uh, it activated near Meredith Stanley anyway, so it got to heal, and it was only on one wound less than it had normally. So it's not that big of a deal. Um, I know some people played their Cadmus game of my models chain activate and pass healing all the way to the, my front line, but honestly, uh, that's cool and all until one of your middle guys gets shot dead, and now you got a problem. But uh, it's. I don't, I, I don't see, I've played both things and obviously one's better than the other for Cadmus, but considering all the complaining about Cadmus, I don't think this is, should be a surprise to anybody. All right. Um, any last thoughts on the FAQs before we move into um, model changes? Seeing none, we will jump to a quick break and when we come back, we will get into what you've all been waiting for, which is who got the biggest baddest nerfs and what are our opinions about them. So stick with us uh, and we'll be right back. Hello. Do you like our podcast and want to ensure that it continues to run? Maybe you want to hear our outtakes on unedited footage or perhaps you're just flush with cash and you like being generous. Either way, we've set up a Patreon just for you. If you like us, please consider donating. Our Patreon can be located in the show notes. If not, we're all pretty sure that it's Herman's fault. Either way, you like our show go ahead and leave us a comment thanks all right welcome back folks we're going to now talk about the errata all the juicy details all the cool changes the the good the bad the ugly so we're going to kick things off first with the general rules errata uh before we jump into individual models so we're going to do this so it, in keeping with kind of the, the philosophy of this show, we're not going to go line by line of every change. We expect you all are going to read in advance, as, as Herman said, that's sort of the required reading for the pod. But we're going to go through, starting with the changes that we think are the most impactful to the game um, and or the most interesting. So kicking things off, we, we had a little bit of a debate before the show about which of these top two were the biggest, and I, I think either one could be the biggest, but we settled on uh, one of them for number one. So, Herman, you want to talk to us about 
our number one change in the rules and why you think it's important. The anticipation is killing me. What is it? What is it? Oh, well, if I'd known the anticipation was doing that, I would take my time answering. You Draw are taking your time answering you. right now. Shh. No words, just feelings. So the number one rules errata is if an object is moving away from or towards another object, you can choose a single point on each object as reference points. Where this is really, really, there's a bunch more to it, but fuck, whatever. So this is really, really nice because previously it was center to center. And I, I'm, you know how they have like a Magic the Gathering, they have like Spike and Timmy and Lee and John as like the different players. There's one called Sloppy and that one's me. So when you're center to center, you're supposed to be precise with all your movements, all your pushes and setting things up. Um, this makes it so there's a lot more leeway because you can use the entire width of a base. So now you can do a little bit of these angular pushes, a little bit of that. You're not trying to be exact. You're not trying to play the trigonometry game. It just frees you up to be a little bit looser, a little bit smoother, a little bit easier to play the game, and just so much nicer in experience. I don't think it's even has to be looser it's just less fiddly looser sounds like it's a bad thing this fiddly is really what the the positioning rules were before where it was extremely nitpicky and ticky tack to exactly place your model such that you pushed something to the one direction that could go to the proper location that you wanted it to end up in now you just have a lot more leeway this makes all push effects uh just so much easier to use and so much more flexibility built into them uh, give you a lot more options of putting your opponent exactly where you want them to go and, you know, vice versa. Things like Lure, things like Union Buster, things like uh, Toss are all going to be... uh, Well, I guess Toss is not towards our way. That's any direction. uh, Are all going to just become... It's a little bit more powerful after this change and just so much easier to use well. Yeah, I, I, think I think go ahead, Owen. You can't you can't underestimate the like to Herman's point, it's not so much about like, oh, are you precise or sloppy, but like how much time do you want to spend being uber precise? I mean, even even a high level play at Malifo, often your best bet is to declare intent of what you're trying to do. And be like, look, I'm going to place this model. The intent is I'm putting it so that it blocks line of sight from A to B, right? Like, is everyone cool with that? Like, declare intent saves time rather than being like, let me pull out my tape measure and, like, nudge this a micron to the left or the right. This is just a, this is a change that will make those types of situations just much easier to do. You're like, all right, look. This is what I want to do. I've got a little more flexibility. The terrain is like random pieces of terrain or corners of buildings slightly easier to deal with. It makes big base models a bit easier to use and maneuver and interact with the game. So I think I think overall this is a really, really good change. Yeah, I mean, pro tip, kids, declaring intent saves friendships. True story. But this is something, I, it's my number one, because it will impact literally every single game that is played. Uh, I think the, one of the largest changes to this is uh, different areas played this differently. Uh, I've been in a uh, Vassal game where 
I, I had a model that was pinned between uh, basically a rock and a hard place, a 30 millimeter with a 30 millimeter next to it and a rock behind it. And uh, some people would play it. Well, when I push away, I can push away in any direction. Others say, no, you have to push directly away. So you can't because the rock's behind you and there's no way that you can move around it. There's, but now you can declare one part of your, your base and another part of the base, and you can say it's pushing that in that direction. And in some cases, you can get out of those things. Uh, and in other cases, there, you, you can't. But it makes the rules clarification much simpler, which is overall good for the game. So, well, this one will probably have a more profound effect on the, the gameplay across all crews. I think our number two will have a bigger effect on your actual crew building and uh, basic strategy. What? No more Fuhatsu with three stacked focus? Literally yeah. no one with three stacked focus. Yes. yes. Focus and distracted. The, the, two, the two changes. Oh, go ahead, yeah. Owen. Oh, no. Walk us through them. The, the two changes that they had to this are, first of all, focus and distracted now cancel each other out, like fast and slow. So if you have focus on you and you gain distracted, or if you have distracted on you and gain focus, uh, this just negates, one negates the other. You now no longer have the case where you have focus and distracted, where you are flat on your attack flip, but a positive to your damage flip for some reason, because focus was just better than distracted. Um, so it, it cleans that up. It makes distracted uh, crews to hand out distracted potentially very powerful because you can cancel out uh, their offensive capabilities by handing out your uh, what was previously a purely defensive buff. Um but the other change, and this is really what tips the, the scales in favor of Distracted, is that Focus is now capped at two. No more stacking six million Focus on a Rat King and having it just go to town for the rest of the game. Nope, Focus is capped at two. Uh, and Distracted has no cap. So you can debuff something vastly more than you could potentially buff it. Uh and the canceling here is key, right? Because previously distracted, okay, my model is distracted. I'm on a negative to attack. What can I do? Well, why don't I just focus? And that's going to cancel the negative from the distracted. I'll be on a straight, and I'll be on a positive to damage. That's awesome, right? So now, instead, you will cancel the distracted, but it's just going to cancel out. There's no more positive damage. Um, it, it makes distracted a much more impactful condition in the game. And I think this is going to change a lot of list building uh, ones that were designed around putting big stacks of, of focus on things. Now, getting two on your entire crew is still pretty pretty good, but you're now no longer spending necessarily multiple models, spending multiple actions and big setup to get a whole bunch of focus that will last you through the first couple turns of the game. It makes it slightly worse on Masters, though, because two focus, three AP, not the best math right there. Okay. Uh, obviously a good thing. Um, and specifically for those of you that were looking for English Ivan nerfs, uh, this is an indirect way of uh, touching English Ivan without actually getting to English Ivan. Uh, he can no longer stack his focus and distracted uh, onto one model to get multiple positives. Uh, he would just cancel them out to himself. So uh, good change, uh, and I like it. All right. Jeff, you want to take us to number three? 
Yes. Uh, basically, uh, I'm not going to read the whole thing to people, but um, when you summon something, it now gain. If it didn't gain an upgrade before, it now gains a token that acts exactly like it was an upgrade. And the reason why this is good is because all those neat things that only affect affected summoned models or models with a summon upgrade will now affect your summoned models. Uh, the idea that when you summon a model, it gets an upgrade was a big thing when M3E came in, but then they started introducing models that just made summons without an upgrade. So now those people that had Vincent sitting on a shelf, not really doing much can bring Vincent in. And I can tell you, he wrecks people's stuff now uh, that being able to get that uh, trigger off and just instantly kill something. It's pretty good. And it's not just new stuff that has summons without summoning upgrades. Toshiro had it. Uh, Sebastian had it right from the get-go. Monaco Ray. Monaco Ray had multiple I mean, things. I'm just like, it makes like Marshall super exciting because you have the Exorcist, you have the uh, Jury, you've got the Lone Marshall, and now you can just start picking on all of these models. And I mean, the other thing is it just takes like the stupid paper men away, which is fantastic. <laughs> And uh, it, since we're talking about summon models, it's uh, not specifically in the, uh, I don't think it's specifically in the rules of Rata, but I think it's in Gaining Grounds. Uh, summon models cannot uh, be considered scoring in any way in the turn that they arrive. So that's not entirely it. correct. Okay. Um, Why don't you clarify that there, Pandantic Josh? So. The rules errata is that summon models, uh, in addition to not being able to take the interaction, interact action, uh, do not count for uh, friendly strats and schemes. Um, so while they can't necessarily get you points, uh, they can still deny stuff. Uh, and since you used the word friendly, I don't. I, I'd have to go back and look at that rule. Um, that also means that in certain things, when they die, you could potentially uh, give your opponents points uh, for like public enemies. Correct. This is this is part of the overall uh, taking summons and summoners out behind the woodshed. Uh, I'm. I just wonder why. Hardly. I, this is part of it. This is on the list of things that, that has been included in this this round of errata that are taking summoners out behind the woodshed. Uh, why don't why don't I get a twenty percent reduction in my uh, TN cost for these models when they're only functioning for twenty percent of the game? But that's just me. I play summoners a lot. Yeah, I don't think there's going to be a lot of uh, a lot of defense for summoners, just given how much hate they tend to draw. Bring there will be a lot of salty summoners. Uh, all right, let's go to let's see our our fourth change, the hazardous change. Perhaps our Raven player. Well, this one actually is is suddenly more important for uh, Explorer Society than necessarily for Raven. It affects anything that has hazardous terrain, uh, but one of the more profound effects comes from surveyors. What this is, is a clarification on how Hazardous works, uh, stating that you you trigger the damage from Hazardous not only if you are in the train, but also if you're just in base contact with it. Before that, it, the rule stated that you had to be in the train, and being in base contact wasn't technically in the train, so you didn't take damage for it. Uh, what this did was render geode markers from surveyors just 
useless for actual hazardous terrain. Uh, that hazardous terrain trait was only ever really relevant for uh, Jedza's ability to to key off hazardous or um, Crips's corpse ability to key off of uh, hazardous terrain. Now, running into a geode marker does damage. And that's awesome. Because you can just just slam people through three different types of hazardous terrain uh, using Anya or uh, Jedza now. And so that's just, that just sounds like fun. That just sounds like a ton of fun. A rockin' good time? <laughs> no. Uh, the, the really big thing here is uh, people made the argument before that when you made a geode marker, it literally did nothing. Uh, and it didn't make sense. So Weird wanted to clarify that geode markers actually do something. Uh, if you get pushed into them, they're going to hurt your face. So uh, that was the big thing to this. But the other parts of it are... Uh, Technically, if you summon a a pyre marker in base contact with a model, uh, like just touching it, it is considered to be within that uh, hazardous terrain. So that's a a big change. Yeah, I mean, this is going to play into if you're a big Fey player, Titania, where they have all the um, severe markers that they can make hazardous, and they have Into the Thorns where you can place them around the model, the markers. It gives you a little bit more freedom and a little bit more clarity. It is going to just be so much damage for people. Can't wait. Just can't wait. I'm going to start playing Cry again after this. And the last two are fairly quick. Uh, when you, uh, you're you playing Double Masters, you have to declare that you're doing it uh, before crew building, and you can't hire more than 50% of the soul stone, uh, of soul stones as a master, so you can't get big, massive lists with nothing but masters in it. Uh, and then there's a slight change to drop and create. This is just feeding into the existential dread people feel about the concept just the concept of double masters being such a soul-crushing and overwhelming force we have to ward against them in every fashion possible i have never actually seen a second master taken yes you have i've played it against you 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 see how much uh, of an effect it left on you what mark it did on your psyche you you just blocked it out you just that's why i should be stopped from taking zareto with literally anybody else I'm doing this, Owen, for your well-being. Well, mainly, mainly this this gives you the heads up, right? Like, so you know, oh, surprise, right? Well, no longer surprise, right? It's like, oh, there is a right. Let's know about it. That, that's true. It also uh, makes it to where you. I mean, I have played a four master list uh, in the past, and it didn't do very well. But you know, people, some people brought it, and you're just like, what? So, um, all right. I don't, other than that, uh, I don't think there's anything else that's too big of a highlight. So I guess we can move on to the more fun stuff, uh, which is the model changes. Yes. All right. So let's get into it. Nerfs. You can't spell fun without F-U. And that's what a lot of these changes were this time. This was a heavy, heavy nerf errata, which probably justifiable. I mean, honestly, looking through the list, it looks mostly to me like a heavy, heavy Josh Arata, oh. which probably oh. justifiable. Oh, rough, way harsh, is, but true. It, is it because Josh went through and found the most broken shit and decided to put it all in one list? Hey, Maybe. some of the stuff I, I didn't even even do. This is this is just generically broken stuff. But we did rank the things in approximate order of how much they were taken behind the woodshed and just laid into by... Uh, these changes. 
Um, people may disagree with our exact ranking, but the top li- top of this list is pretty brutally changed. Is real you, brutal. You came up with a clever thing to call this list yeah. based on your ranking, right? Uh, I mean, did I? No, th- I want to point out this is Josh's ranking uh, because I feel like some other models should be moved around. This is Josh's opinion, but I don't care the order that we talk them in, talk about them in. So I don't have opinions; I have facts. All right, well, lay, I, lay our first fact. On this. What's your? I, I think that the, the first fact is that von Stock and the Transmortis crew just got brutalized in this errata, uh, as they should deservedly have. so. <laughs> But they did. They got so brutalized in this. Uh, von Stuck lost blasts on his Wii. He lost the ability to make non-minions fast. He lost uh, the making things fast and all requires a ski marker removal to do it. So there's less flexibility. You lost. Uh, you had oh, a bunch no. of changes. Oh, I'm, to, so, uh, I'm to sorry. Disappointment. No fast valedictorian all, all the time. I, oh, I can't no, snack. no teleporting across the table for free. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they nerfed academic broadcast. Uh, and the nerfs for this didn't even stop at Von Stuck. They went farther. They nerfed undergrads. I know I know how much you guys love by your side. It's oh, just really it's, me. I'm on like a crusade against it. Well, your crusade has borne fruit today. Yeah, where, I'm on that crusade with you, Herman. Uh, undergrads lost by your side. I would they like to point out the only side. thing I've borne is fruit sir <laughs> so i i will agree with josh on one of these points i think removing the necropunk suit to its leap as well as taking away the undergrads by your side was a little bit maybe a little too heavy-handed uh for von stuck i see him uh dropping and leviticus okay well nerf leviticus however bad the change necropunks is for von stuck it is worse for leviticus and and that's kind of you know what of all the things in this um, screw von Stuck segment, which is completely and totally justified by facts and reason, not opinion, is that with the necropunks, it was kind of it looks like a choice between like the survivability with the armor and the hard to wound versus that leap and that mobility, and it's you kind of you get one or the other. And I could have easily fallen on the side of you take away the survivability and you leave them with the flexibility and the movement. I would have also taken that. Yeah, you take necropunk. You don't take necropunks for their survivability necessarily. You take them for their suited leap, and now they have lost their suited leap, and it's going to be it's going to be a, a tough time justifying it. And von Stoke will have an easier time than Leviticus because von Stoke has pretty good card draw. Now, even with that, I've gone through games where I just never got that viable mask when I needed it, um, and so the lack of reliability in necropunks, I think, is going to just be a big uh mark against them so to, to kind of jump ahead on, on nerfs here because it's related i think you saw them go the opposite direction with the midnight stalker um so midnight stalker like the necropunk another model that is pretty survivable it had demise eternal crazy maneuverable and with its leap and fast and whatnot they chose to keep leap and fast but remove Demise Eternal. Um, so they went the opposite direction with it, which as an outcast player and someone who takes Midnight Stalker, like I'm, I'm fine with that. Like I think it's fair to tone it down a little bit uh, while preserving the thing that you really want, which is the maneuverability. Why do you have to make this about you now, Owen? We were talking about Josh's people. Didn't 
Didn't the Midnight Stalker also gain some uh, ski marker tech, if I remember correctly? Yeah, I mean, they made him more suited to his role. So yeah. you, and that's kind of what you want to look for with these adjustments is, and that's where I do agree and disagree with the changes to the uh, Necropunk, is make him more into their role. Don't make him like this good all-arounder, because it's usually a problem when it's a good all-arounder. All right, you got any more comments about Von Stuck before we move on to the next one? Uh, he was too good an all-arounder, and he deserved what he got. He did need some fixing. He did need some fixing. The the multifaceted nature of this, I think, it's it's a compl- it's a complicated one to take in. Uh, but I think he's definitely going to drop down power rankings, even if he's still generically viable after this. Yeah, when you said he needed fixing, you didn't mean like your dog. Oh my god. Um, I will say, I think I like some of these changes because hopefully it'll bring the students into the forefront a little bit more. And I think the students are actually really good. They just didn't see play because Necropunks and undergrads were amazing. So uh, bringing in students and uh, whichever viscera, uh, the one that's a snake is actually a really good scheme runner. Like he's not bad at it. So uh, some of, some of those things can be played more. Very solid ley lines because it has the fast generic speed and not fast play speed like the uh, undergrads. So it was a more viable, uh, Layla stone holder than your, your heavy duty placers like uh, valedictorian and undergrads. And that's kind of an attitude you need to bring when you're like reading these. It's not like, Oh, they, they would shut it. You know, my boy is what do these changes make me adjust within my list is you're now like, you've already moved past the knee jerk reaction of getting ax murdered. And now you're into, okay, I'm looking at students. I'm looking at, I can play him into this specific pool and this specific strategy because of Viscera, because of these different options. And I think that's kind of a positive thing. And you kind of got to get around that instant, like, oh my gosh, the Nerf Bloviticus, it's time to die. Yeah, and it, that's that's such a great point, Herman. Because, and this came up quite a bit in the beta forums, honestly. It's like every model you nerf, like, so if you compare nerfs and buffs, right, like, you want to mix, but when you nerf a model who's too good, one nerfed model may enable several other models to see play. Whereas buffing one model typically is just going to make that one model see play. Um, so by bringing down some of the potentially out-of-line models, it may actually enable a lot of other cool models who weren't seeing the play that they deserved now be considered viable in the benefit, which I think is a good thing. And you see a lot of that, and I think in what I put as the second most brutalized master in this, being Yan Lo and the Ancestors and Retainers, where the stuff they changed on that was some truly unpleasant experiences that Yan Lo uh, could inflict upon their opponents. And I think it's going to make it a uh, more enjoyable matchup and have less sort of complicated uh, Rube Goldberg devices that lead to extremely powerful outcomes like you had in the past. Yeah, I mean, you absolutely savaged me with Yanlo specifically because of Sun. Yeah, well, Su- Sun Quang and uh, the Swirling Ash on the Ash Ascendant are two things that just did terrible things to people and i didn't even do some of the more disgusting stuff so yan lo got hit on multiple fronts and um, he can still do some of that it's just a little harder for him to do yeah so yan lo lost his 
uh, Swirling Ash aura on Ash Ascendant, which was the hazardous and uh, concealing aura. So his defensive capability went down and his offensive capability went down because you can't just go sit in the middle of the opponent's crew and ruin their lives. Uh, It also made it harder to use his rebuild corpus where instead of just being automatic and you getting to draw cards, uh, it now has a high TN. Uh, You don't get to draw cards and you can only use it if you have three or more ascendant upgrades. Part of the problem this was designed to fix was that people were uh, murdering Toshiro over and over and over again and just rebuilding him uh, and summoning more Ashigaru and getting uh, Gokudo uh, just flying up the board. And it was just vastly getting vastly too much out of uh, that capability. So they toned, they r- removed his ability to do that at the start of the game uh, completely. Um, and well-deserved. And well-deserved, honestly. Uh, so re- com- really, I, I think my question for you is, is after all these changes, you, you've played him a lot before these changes. What do you see in your lists changing? What do you see in your strategies with him changing? How have these impacted the way you look at him he is not going to be able to just dive into the opponent's crew quite so readily anymore uh he has lost defensive tech and he lost the hazardous aura which was really incentivized you jumping uh into the middle of the opponent's crew and ruining their day making it very difficult for them to uh survive or move around or really do much at all they would spend all their time just trying to deal with the fact that there is a hazardous incorporeal armored guy in the middle of their crew. So you have to play him more casually after this. And So does um, he become like more of a meat bubble? I don't know if I'll ever get into like full on bubble because there's not much justification to do the bubble anymore or as much of a justification to do the bubble because they also nerfed Sun Quang so that King of Medicine doesn't heal anymore. So you can't have like the infinitely healing Ashigaru that you're just constantly placing and constantly healing up and it's constantly taking hits. Uh, so your bubble actually became much less resilient. You're going to have to uh, do other things to keep your models alive, which might be having Yanlo actually heal more of them as opposed to just diving in and murdering stuff. Uh, so I think it is going to lead to some uh, significant changes about how some of the more powerful Yanlo lists actually work. But all those, all those are great. I think uh, just toting him down across the board uh, particularly in the way they did it, like he's still capable of doing stuff. Um, he's just it eliminated some of the more abusive things uh, and made you have to make some more difficult choices as to what set upgrades you want to attach to Yanlo as opposed to it always being, oh, incorporeal, uh, swirling ash, melee beat, uh, melee attack, go. It is now has a lot more potential viability getting back to what you were saying about how a nerf to one thing potentially introduces the possibility of having some others all right any other comments left on yanlo and the other uh reser ish changes uh we'll come back to the buffs um i mean i think picurio no real change uh dead rider got a little bit of a nerf um but it's fine oh cry got cry got some nerf in there, but less than some of the other masters. Yeah. And we uh, get into the land pads and Sybil in the buff section. Yeah. So you want to yeah. take us to your picks for Arcanist? 
So there's only one master that got changed with the Arcanists majorly, and Colette got turned uh, tuned down a little bit. Uh, the big thing is she lost uh, some resilience, a little bit of her flexibility, some mobility with having her movement range uh, changed slightly. Uh, but the big change that people are going to notice is that her damage spike that she had is now gone. Uh, her uh, uh, the sword, sword trick. Sword trick. Um, it used to be, I believe, the damage strike was three, four, six, and it went to a static three across the board uh, with one inch less range. Uh, and a lot of Colette players right now are going to be kind of moaning because she got a lot of toned down. The reason why she got toned down is because she needed it. As we mentioned before, the distracted changes are huge. And distracted is a major concern that people have now. And with her being able to hand out all the distracted she has, she's now in a place that Weird intended her to be, where she debuffs crews and makes her crew basically really hard to hit. And I think her crew is still going to be very powerful and they're going to be very good uh, on the board doing multiple different schemes uh, that she's just going to change the way that she plays. Um, and you have to be a little bit more careful with her because she just doesn't get to bury anytime that she wants now. Um, that's the biggest change just to uh, Colette. A couple of her ranges were altered a little bit, but uh, in general, she, just change the way that you play, and she is now a debuff master, and she should focus on uh, handing out Distracted with the rest of her crew. Kandara's change uh, basically made uh, toned down um, Sandeep a little bit because he was getting too much card draw. Now he's only drawing the non-Joker tomes, uh, whenever he, uh, she, you do a concentrate action around her, which was honestly needed, it, uh, too many things happened when people concentrated around, and it made Yanlo or uh, Sandeep a little bit too powerful with the summons. Uh, the large one that people are going to complain about is the Mech Rider. Uh, in the past, people used the Mech Rider to reactivate uh, things all the way across the board. Sometimes reactivate itself, and it can't do those things now. It can only uh, reactivate things with eight or less. So you're not getting to chain act and you have to chain activate with it now, but you don't get this, uh, you know, massive beater getting to go multiple times in a turn. Uh, it's just, it, it toned it down a little bit. Um, uh, I've seen some people complaining that the mech rider may be relegated to, uh, relegated to sitting on the, uh, the desk now and not uh, seeing games. I don't think it's that far. Uh, but I do think that it needed to be adjusted a little bit. And honestly, it cost eight, uh, friendly model is not necessarily a bad thing uh, to reactivate. So you're just going to have to change the way you play a little bit. Uh, if you don't like it, leave the mech rider at home. Arcanists have way more goodies in their tool shed. You just go out there and pick another one. So um, that's pretty much Arcanists in a nutshell. So do we want yeah, to touch think... on Thunders next? Um, I can go over the McCabe. <laughs> McCabe did get a large loss here. Yeah. Um, McCabe lost most of his damage potential uh, because he lost the self-push with his whip, and he also lost the auto-built-in trigger. So he can no longer force two uh, duels around him based on him moving and then getting that trigger, which forces a lot of uh, card discards and using cards from your hand uh, and sometimes getting uh, passive damage being shoved off onto people. Um, this, is, this was countered a little bit, by his uh, right of me game drag along, so you gain a little bit more useful with utility. But the big balancing factor here is uh, careful it's cursed action. Uh, he can now pull the uh, upgrade back to himself using it. And the reason why this is a kind of a buff to him and balances out his major nerf is because now 
uh, when you use, before this hard, this ability was hardly ever used. Uh, it wasn't, you know, you spent all game trying to get these upgrades onto your model so that they're better. And now you're going to take it off of a model to pulse out and maybe do damage. It wasn't that good of an ability. Now, what he can do is he can use it to pull it off of a model that's near him and say it's the Time Ward Blade. He can uh, pull it off, give it back to himself, use the Time Ward Blade for two more attacks, and then use the bonus action the Time Ward Blade gives to discard it and give it to somebody else nearby, uh, which means uh, that he can then make that model gain fast on that turn when it activates because it gained the upgrade that turn. So you got a little bit of give and take with McCabe. He's now going to rely more on scheming is the direction that uh, he should be going in. He's fast. He always has been fast. Uh, but this, you know, these are uh, some of the give and takes that you do when you try to balance a model before. Uh, I don't think we're meant for him to wade into the middle of battle and just start passing out lots of damage to everybody around him. That wasn't the in- intent of his gameplay, so they kind of readjusted it. Yeah, his damage potential just tanked. I I don't know that it tanked. Well, it's definitely less. Oh, no, I, it, I think that's okay. It tanked. No, no, it definitely tanked. It's uh he he, he <laughs> lost the ability to to do damage when he moves through things. Like that's just gone. It got replaced mm. with adventure awaits, which just makes it easier to target other uh to affect other wastrel models with your actions, which is vastly worse. Uh so yeah, no, his his damage uh potential is just a pale shadow of what it once was, uh, which is fun. Which is fun. It was it was too much for that. Uh, I don't think just having the the uh, careful it's cursed it really balances that out. It's cool, but it is nowhere near as powerful as as what he used to be able to do. So continuing the the nerf train in thunders to me so I, exactly. So I I didn't play a lot of thunders. I've had for a long time aspirations of dabbling in thunders um mostly with misaki um a little bit of yoko we'll, we'll get to her in a minute because that's actually i think one of the better changes but uh a big nerf in 10 thunders i think you're going to see the two top nerfs besides the yanlo stuff we talked about but that's the tanuki and the change to train ninja so tanuki uh, used to be pretty much a staple of many Ten Thunders lists. Uh, I would take Tanukis all the time. I would always take one. I'd take a Tanuki and Fuhatsu, and every turn if I would just stack three focus on Fuhatsu and go t- with three focus shots using his rapid fire, which is super gross and not a lot of fun for people to, to play against. So how did that change? Well, two things. One... The, the cap of two focus means you can't put three focus on him. Uh, and two, Tanuki lost the ability to give out focus with sober up. So the sober up action was how they used to be able to give out three focus a turn. Now they can give out one focus, which is good, but nowhere near as good. Um, so I think instead of them being this weird always take model, which I don't think they're ever really intended to be, I think you're going to see them now in Tri-Chi and that being their main, their main place. Um, so that, that's a big change and a nerf to Fuhatsu and the Samurai. 
And then the, the second half of that is Train Ninja losing from the shadows means we got rid of the the real NPE type playstyle of two uh, infiltrating samurai that start next to you and just blow you up turn one, which is a thing that a lot of people enjoyed doing. I never personally did that. Um, I just thought that was kind of a, a not a particularly fun playstyle, but now you can't do it. So um, that's probably for the best, uh, but it is definitely a big... I faced uh, that in my last Malifaux Vassal League game. It was rough. Yeah, it's. It, I'm glad that it's gone. It, it needed to go, um, but it is definitely a, a big uh, power level swing for certain playstyles of 10 Thunders. Shall we... I guess I can keep going with... So <laughs> listeners of this podcast will know we've long had the refrain of everyone but me uh, Nerf Leviticus <laughs> saying Nerf Leviticus. So, spoilers. Spoilers got nerfed. So extra spoilers. He got the same freaking nerf <laughs> that he got in second edition. <laughs> like, like I, weird. Come on. I love you weird. But what you, this is exactly the errata that he got halfway through second edition of Malifo. Which was, hey, oh, you knew how to fix the problem. Yeah, it's like, oh, oops, channel is really good. Maybe we shouldn't be able to channel all the time. No, um, this time will be different. Yeah, and then nope, back to the back to the change in second. So, I, like, I think it's fine. It's, it's honestly like I still think Leviticus is good. Um, I I think this tones down some of the parts that frustrated people a lot. Um, the his reanimate from Pariah's Soul, not removing conditions, is going to make it a little bit trickier to get out of bad situations, which is fine. Um, and I think the change to his melee attack to both buff it by a point and also switch the built-in suit from the auto damage to the auto summon um, is maybe a step towards trying to steer him into a melee build, which thinking back to second edition, it's actually interesting because in second, he went from being melee primary to being ranged primary. Um, And now I think he's still ranged primary, but I I think this makes his melee a little more viable, uh, which is nice to see. So I I think needed changes. Uh, He also got sort of nerfs to scavengers, uh, which... I think it's a nerf. I'm probably going to take them less now. I don't really think it was needed, but whatever. The fact that you can't figure it out means it's probably a good change. Yeah, we were talking about this uh, before the podcast, and uh, I mentioned that I thought their change was almost a buff, but not quite. Uh, it's it's very odd. Uh, I like that they moved it to where it's not a... Uh, a normal action anymore it's a bonus action so they can actually do other things in the game now too because it was already once per turn but and then the triggers that they gave it to change it were interesting but uh i don't know it's it's an interesting change and we'll see have to have to see how it pans out i I think the triggers that they got are strictly worse than the ones they had before uh they're not bad triggers as triggers go but you lost burnout and you lost vanish both of which are truly top tier triggers um, and replace them with 
potentially increasing the mobility of a model and potentially removing a ski marker if there is one around in the location. So they both require more setup and are less generally useful. Um, Not useless, but just way less generically useful than uh, Vanish or Burnout. That's the long and short of it. Yeah, I... I, it's kind of. I feel like it's kind of a wash. I don't know. I, I think I will take scavengers slightly less often, but yeah. Um, and the midnight stock we already talked about. Like I think the change is fine. Honestly, the only weirdly the the only change that I'm a little disappointed about is you got you lost the hidden in plain sight ability, which for the record did almost nothing and was kind of like a, what is the point of this ability? The the ability used to be when not in the line of sight of your master, you gain your master's keyword. And so this it's at first, it sounds cool. It's like, Oh, this is going to enable cool keyword synergies, except in most of outcasts, the only keyword synergies that matter with that are from the master, which it, it, didn't work with. I did discover the other day that there was like a janky trick you could do with Hannah where Hannah could block line of sight to Von Schill, which made the Midnight Stalker a Frycore, so she could copy his leap with her copy ability, which I was like, that's really awesome. And now he can't do it. But it's, <laughs> overall, it, it was such a niche ability that it, it's fine. Um, so I think that's I think that's all outcasts. Uh, any other meaningful major nerfs that we want to cover? Uh, oh, oh, we should talk about Neverborn, who, who only got nerfs. Harmony, they're fine. It's like literally completely fine. So the shit they did to Serena was they toned down her survivability and they kept her support, which, like, okay. So you're still going to be taking her all the damn time because Neverborn doesn't have great support and they need something to heal and that's the role she fills. So it's like literally just like we're talking about the Necropunks where, hey, you got someone who's too good at too many things, you make them good at their one thing, and you make them good at the one reason you want to take them, well, she's still good at healing, you're still going to take her. So, ta-da. She no longer has Huggy's tentacles for some reason. So I also like that. that reason. Do you ever watch that show Drawn Together? Uh no. Okay, then never mind. I did the Fusois. Yes. Yeah. So half the people are gonna laugh at that and half the people are gonna be very confused. So the other one uh, that's just my opinion on Serena. It's okay, you're still gonna take her. It's whatever. Um the other one is Dreamer. He got his he's toned down a little bit on the amount of cards he's removing from the deck. Everyone's complaining about that. You kind of saw the writing on the wall. And then you can't summon the stitched anymore. So now you're just stuck with Widow Weaver summoning the stitched anyway. Again, not these aren't exactly like groundbreaking changes. They're, it's a little bit of a toning down of things that were taken too much. So think of it as like um, sanding the edges. They smoothed out a few of the edges. And Herman, do you, I know you don't play Bayou, but you play against Bayou a lot. Any comments on the Bayou changes? Nerves? Oh my god, fuck bombs in your belly. <laughs> god, well, that did. was they did, they did. I love it. It's gone. Hooray. That was you've either played against it and it's brutalized you, or it has been not a factor and you don't realize that it is going to brutalize you. 
So I was quite happy to see uh, that go. And it looks like Sparks ended up in a place where the Bayou people don't hate him either. He got to be, you know, a henchman and a few other tweaks. So they, they gave and they took, which I really appreciate. But man, yeah. that was brutal to play against. Yeah, to put things in perspective, uh, Somer also got completely brutalized in this. And bombs in the belly is still the thing that has done the most damage to Hermit. <laughs> it's like, that is still the thing right that- <laughs> Do you want to cover Summer? Um, so- Summer just got, uh, yes, he got toned down, and quite frankly, he needed it. The uh, His whole, I can get rid of uh, summon upgrades and continue bringing out guys that when you kill them, they become other guys. It was a little much, and I think we would recognize that, and, you know, he's they're trying to bring him into a proper place. Honestly, we didn't hear much about other Bayou Masters, even though several of them are very good, because Summer was just so overarching for them, just like he has been in the past. Uh, so I'm glad that this took place, and hopefully we can see some other things from Bayou. Uh, probably I mean, not long, but you know, you never know. They they hit uh, other Bayou Masters over the course of things. They took out Ma last time. Uh, Ophelia is getting uh, indirectly nerfed from... Uh, the changes to focus so she can't as to quote someone from the uh malifo vassal discord uh she can't do four lines of cocaine and shoot up every turn um 12 cups of coffee is a ridiculously absurd upgrade and i hate it, it so much <laughs> it is you you are not wrong in that one not wrong uh, yeah and i'm also i'm calling it now 2021 wong it's the wong year I thought 2020 was the long year. Hey, all right. The sequels are always worse than the originals, guys. Yeah. Uh, all right. Not so, true. Godfather. I, Aliens. I think that about wraps it up. Oh, also, magical training was nerfed, which it needed to be. Sorry, Arcanists. Get wrecked. So, uh, yeah, no. No, hold on. Mark, Mark, magical training wasn't nerfed. Magical training just got changed who you can put it on. Magical yeah. training is still broken as shit. So. Well, but it, it's on slightly fewer things, which is which is good. It, it is a pretty big change because a lot of the uh, really choice models to put magical training on were robots. Uh, that's just how it shook out. I was building a Arcanist list for the first time ever the other day. And it's like, oh, hey, uh, what can I put magical training on? That's a minion to get my Arcane Reservoir. And there just weren't truly stellar options for that, at least not relative to the uh, constructs that you could put it on. Other fun fun nerfs, uh, Wanted Criminal went from being that upgrade that let Parker draw uh, a million billion cards to something else entirely that has basically no uh, no real uh, similarity to what it once was. How have we not talked about Fiona yet? Uh, because um, you're the guild she, player, and she, she wasn't really nerfed. She was just changed. <laughs> she, really she was guild. Don't freak out. It's fine. Is it though? Just take a guardian if you really want to take a hit. Yeah, I think it's otherwise fine. she's going to be used to protect journalists from shooting, which and is her point anyway. Yeah, yeah. D- don't worry about her protecting you in melee. Good luck with that. She's going to protect you from guns. At least she can still wear her sock. That's true. Bloodline sock. 
Did not get nerfed. Did not get nerfed. And Guild got a really nice buff, Yet. which which mm. is a good yeah, yeah. So I think we've talked a lot about the negatives here, but I, I think most of that, really honestly all of them, I think were needed and kind of in a good place. There's a lot of good buffs here, which we'll talk about in a second. But wait, 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 hold on. I want to make sure that we touched on this. Did we mention that Dreamer has to put half of the cards he removed from the game back into the uh, game at the end of every turn? Yeah, we gave it the amount of time that it deserved. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, that is a fairly big change, but uh, Dreamer didn't need to be have nothing but severes and uh, a couple of moderates in his hand at the or in his deck at the end of the game. So yeah, uh, get get over it. Dreamer's still good. You're going to lean into lucid dreaming even more, and it's going to have the opposite effect of what they intended. It's going to be hilarious. I think some people already leaned into lucid dreaming quite a bit. Right, and now you're going to do more. So you're not going to get Teddy. You're not going to get all the cool nightmares because, oh, shit, half my stuff's going away. I need to lose a dream harder. Yeah, Cool, sense. good story. All right, uh, do we want to take a break here and then go into the buffs? Yeah, let's do that. In the buff, oh, yeah. Oh, God. Okay, listeners, I understand if you don't want to come back now because uh, with what Josh just said, uh, nobody likes a naked Josh, but please come back. We'll talk to you soon. You can't unsee that. All right, welcome back. And all right, next up, we're going to talk about the buffs. So in addition to the nerfs, there were some really cool buffs and honestly, some really interesting changes slash rewrites of a couple models that I think are going to shake up the balance uh, in, in a much needed way for several uh, for several keywords. Um, since we ended last segment talking about Fiona, why don't we just briefly touch on the other guild change, which is uh, Riker. So Herman, you want to tell us about why this change is awesome? Yeah, no, I mean, speaking of buffs, he's great because Bald is beautiful. And if you go back to like our Bass episode, like we are talking about, Rikert is now there. He is where you want him to be in Frontier. And really within Guild, Guild has always struggled with having those beaters who have like more than two attacks who are working on getting those three, those four, those five, six attacks. He now fills that role for you. He can still take the Leadline Sock. He's still disguised. He's very tanky. He's very beady. And really, I could see him trickling a little bit into other keyword lists. We'll see if that actually happens or not. I think there's some other models that compete with him in that role. But generally, I think what you're going to see is I had called Dashel for 2020, and I'm thinking it's going to be Frontier for 2021, especially with, yeah, this changes on top of, like, the Sandworm and all these extra releases for Guild. What, the Executioner Clause of Execute now? Madness. Madness and heresy. It's, it's disgusting that they actually, like, make sense. That always confused everybody, too. It was hilarious. Yeah, I like I play against people and they're like, hey, you're not going to declare execute. I'm like, I don't have it. Reichert was like, I has hands. Now, in defense, just like from a fluff perspective, he only has one claw, not two. And maybe it, it takes two to, you know, pop pop someone apart. Okay, we are spending way much to way too much time on Reichert right now. Okay. Uh, he got buffed. So, He's really good. Okay, moving on. Yeah. Um, well, and, and let's go. As while we're going through each of these, maybe also wrap up guild overall plus up in power level, you think? 
Mm, side. Side. Okay. Just change it. Okay. Yeah. Um, I think let's go next to. So I, I'm honestly this errata. I'm pretty excited about the buffs. Um, because the buffs a lot of things that I think. Well, one that I was interested in playing. So a little biased there, but uh, I think a big buff to. Let's go ten thunders and talk about the. Not rewrite, but major change to Yoko. Rewrite, I think, is appropriate. Yeah. So Yoko, so Yoko is the master that I was most excited about for M three of, of the new masters. I was like, wow, this seems like a really interesting, different play style. Um, I I ordered her. I got a bunch of the models, um, and it just it just always felt a little weak. I was like, well, it's just not as good as other models. Um, so I think with this errata, so one, you got the distracted change. Distracted is much better. Her crew relies on distracted, gives it out. So that's a buff. And then she got a lot of changes like across the board um, to her abilities that I think are going to see her really see a lot more play um, this go around. Um, are we are we talking about Yoko right now? Yeah, Yoko. Yeah, do you want? To, yeah, I've been thoughts? I've been kind of looking at her card. One of the uh, abilities that she got confused me a little bit, and I want to clarify this for listeners: the "We Own You" ability uh, that where she gets to target a non-master with distracted plus two or more, and you can basically it's a mini obey where you can take a non-charge general action or a melee action. I looked at that and I was a little confused. I was like, why would you do that if uh, like? you have distracted on you. You're going to be at a negative, but distracted specifically states it only works when you're targeting an enemy model. So she could use, we own you to make a model attack one of its own models. And that's not an enemy model. Distracted will not be used in that instance. Uh, so that's the reason why that's there. So she gained a 10 inch mini obey that is unsuited, uh, which is pretty cool. Uh, she can use it to do some scheming. You know about the changes to distracted. She got really cool, uh, triggers added on to riddles in the dark which handed out distracted before um and her backroom dealing also gained uh two new triggers to it uh which involved card manipulation or moving models uh so in general also she gained an actual melee attack that matters uh targeting willpower and anyone that's played her knows that uh your Kabuki warriors given negative to the willpower aura where she does one, three, four damage and gains slow. Well, now you're more consistently doing that three and four damage while giving slow. So, so the, the figure you're missing about the, we own you action. It's a tactical. There is no resist on this. Correct. Correct. <laughs> like that's you. It is an obey with no resist. Which is pretty awesome. Right. I mean, you have to do the the fiddly putting distracted on, and that's what she's good at. Uh, (laughs) Using riddles in the dark can can do that for her. Um, But I think Yoko is now going to be in the upper end of the power spectrum. She's going to be a very good uh, schemer and a very good manipulator, which is what Weird wanted her to be to begin with. It was just poor execution from the gate. And now I think she's actually going to be seeing a lot of play. I, yeah, I definitely think so. The mental trauma trigger on Riddles in the Dark, I think, is going to be pretty awesome. The make him discard a card or suffer three damage. Like her, she already uh, 
had a lot of situations where she could put card pressure on your opponent. Um, just starting with, she just straight up is anti-arcane reservoir. Your opponent's hand size minus one. So additional hand pressure or damage, like if they're out of cards, that's just three damage from a willpower seven attack at range 10. Um, so I think she's definitely got a lot of really interesting play. Um, so I'm really excited to bring her out and get her on the table and maybe finish painting her. And don't discount, uh, I mean, we've mentioned it multiple times in this episode, the distracted changes are huge. Uh, I cannot express this enough. If you play Colette or uh, Yoko, your power level just rose immensely. Now, Colette had to take a little bit of a nerf uh, in order to counteract some of her abilities, but the just take, looking at the Leviticus uh, nerf that he got, where he gains focus now, if she stacks two distracted on Leviticus, like he's now like almost useless throughout uh, his his turn. Like there's not a whole lot that he's able to do. Like the this change is monumental to the game, and people don't really understand it when you first look at it. And now something to also point out with this change, don't forget about assist. You have a way of getting around this also. Yeah, it is a general action that all of your guys can take. That everyone forgets about. That Yoko yes. can make you take. <laughs> that, is true. that is true. <laughs> FYI. Yoko makes you go, oh no. <laughs> Man, three, three for three on puns. Oh today. yeah, um, and, and now he's the Kool Aid man. Yeah, he is. Yeah. All right. So I think, I mean, overall, Ten Thunders. I think their overall result of this errata is, I think, a decrease in power level. Um, Absolutely, hundred percent. Um, but I, I think this should see maybe some different masters in play, some different models in play, and I think that's good for the game. It'll definitely need um, some different play style for McCabe, for John Lowe, and for Yuko. Yeah. Uh, so now that we've talked about all you know the frequently asked questions and all that, I don't. We're going to do a separate episode at some point on gaining grounds, but I wanted to point out one uh, change they made in gaining grounds to an existing scheme, uh, which I actually appreciate, and I thought we did a great job with this, uh, and that's with um, Vendetta. If, the, if your model has not been replaced, which gets rid of the old tactic of I'm going to bring an effigy and transform him into an emissary and now he's going to go kill a model that's five soul stones, like that tactic does not work anymore. Uh, and I, I wanted to point that out to, to listeners. Uh, that was something that you know was seen a lot in tournaments and they wanted to kind of squash that down. Well, that was out of left field. It, I, it was. was uh, it, it was. I was. It was just something that I wanted to bring up. It was uh, uh, one of those big things that I think people are going to miss uh, when they first look through cards, and they're going to look at it and be like, "Oh, this is Vendetta, whatever." Moving on, it's not the same Vendetta. It got changed. Fair enough. Um, I think let's move on to my other favorite faction, Outcasts. Honestly, I think. Maybe oh, wait, I didn't know we hadn't done the outcast uh, buffs yet. My no, we haven't. I mean, maybe hot take. Or resers. Or, or resers. I, so my hot take of this errata is that outcast came out the best. Uh, Y'all may disagree with me on that, but there's two, three changes to uh, to outcasts that I'm super excited about. Um, all right, so first change, Big Jake. 
in the beta for the like the original M3 beta, I like several times was advocating for Big Jake's ability to come back, which is his like signature ability, is only relevant if you make it to turn five. Um, and many games don't make it to turn five, either from time or just because most of the effects have been decided by the time you get to turn five. So I've long been an advocate for wouldn't it be nice if he could come back on any turn, just once per game, like have him come back. And so that change was finally made, and I'm so excited for it because I never took Big Jake before, and I'm definitely going to be taking Big Jake now. Um, and I think he's, he's it's, it's exactly what he needed. Um, so super excited for that. Uh, and then the second thing is Talos. So Talos is this giant robot uh, in the obliteration keyword. So that's Terra's keyword. The model is awesome. I love the model. Um, he was always a little bit of like the odd man out because he didn't, he couldn't bury himself. He couldn't attack buried models. He didn't have quite the mobility of other things. He was sort of like this neglected, weird side model in that keyword. Uh, so with this errata, he got tons of buffs. He got better willpower. He got better defense. His main attack can just attack buried models. He gained the ability to debuff people who are on fire. Um, his stat of just bury someone got increased like he now is definitely going to see play and i'm super stoked because like he's going to do some really sweet stuff are you saying that that talos is on fire yes well no you are on fire because uh hopefully he is not on fire i saw what you're trying to do with that one it just didn't work yeah oh but it, it, it will in editing when i add the music cue in Oh, Jesus. Will it? I don't know. Right. And the, the last change, the wanted criminal. So this was a nerf to, well, it's a change. It was a nerf to a specific combo you could do with Parker. But now, but now, like, you have this sweet ability called escape plan, which gives you extra movement uh, when you're near terrain or the edges of the board and gives you disguised. So you can finally live the dream of your Ronin being disguised again and getting to move a free seven inches every turn, which is super sweet. Um, so I've used this Wanted Criminal uh, on some minions before, and I think it will finally see play after only seeing play in a very limited uh, set of situations. So, super stoked for outcast changes overall. This is the part the part of the show where Josh jumps in and tells us about the other things. It's true. Uh, Resurrectionists. Uh, a couple of buffs. Nothing as profound as the complete savaging that uh, all the other models we've talked about got. But uh, Lampads and Madame Sybil got a little bit of love. Lampads are now better beaters. Slightly improved melee attack, though slightly less resilient with fewer wounds uh, than before. 
Um, so all in all, I think they'll be uh, a little more, a little more viable than they were once, and a little more of a reliable source of damage. Um, but Madam Sybil got some very big changes that I think will make her a well, at least a model that I'm going to try out. Uh, when before she was fiddly and her stuff didn't quite work very easily. So it was hard to, to pull off uh, some of her cool tricks. Um, but now that they they changed her to make her a little bit cheaper, a little bit less resilient, which I guess accompanies the, the decrease in cost. Um, but now Bump in the Night, uh, it, it's easier to actually trigger that to uh, hand out distracted instead of friendly miles getting focused so this fits in with all of the uh distracted buffs that we're seeing around and also gels with uh the the triggers on many of the uh keyword models to do bonus damage against things with distracted and also undivided attention uh just is now an aura that debuffs models whenever they're in it. It doesn't matter if they started there or any of the other fiddly contingent uh, uh, factors that were present in the uh, pre-errata version. So now enemy models within range just suffer minus one uh, during their activations. So passing terrifying will become harder. Hitting your models will become harder. Um, It's effectively a plus one defense to uh, all of your models uh, around it. So I think these changes will make Sybil more useful. It remains to be seen whether or not it's sufficiently useful, um, but I'm at least excited to try it out. So one of the things I've kind of often heard talking about Seamus and Red Chapel is that some people say he's just the worst piece of trash ever, and some people say he is insanity unlimited. Do you feel like kind of these changes to her help to smooth out that learning curve with the keyword to kind of bridge that gap between the people who are struggling with him so they can kind of get closer to the people who are playing him like a monster. So the, the stuff that people would play to have like a really, what they would consider a very powerful Seamus crew would be Seamus and a bunch of out of keyword models. It would just be stuff that creates corpse markers or, uh, but synergize with corpse markers. Um, so that you could, flood the opponent's half of the board with them and use them to have him take four attacks around, um, stuff like that. This, I think, makes actual keyword models slightly more viable, which is something that they kind of weren't before. Um, Lore used to be just this amazing ability that you wanted on things and doubles were the best at in the game, and now they are adequate lures, which is now an adequate ability. Um, But the buffs to Civil, the slight changes to... Uh, how moving towards works so that you have a little bit more flexibility about where exactly they go. Uh, all of these things can make it so that the keyword uh, Seamus Cruz are not at the profound disadvantage that they were before this. So yeah, I think people who want to play uh, a starter box, people who see the crew or like the aesthetic um, will not feel bad feel like they're playing a subpar version of the crew to the extent that they used to so in that sense i think it's great um but overall i think yeah resurrectionists got very soundly brutalized in this round of verata so i think that i think that covers all the buffs that i missed any 
Uh, we talked about Sparks as a yeah, weird side group. Sparks. Yeah, I mean, if you missed him, it wasn't important enough to remember. Yeah. Oof, oof. He's a henchman uh, now. Show him some respect. <laughs> they so, took the bombs right. out of his belly. That's all I needed. Uh, so I think we're we're just about out of time. But before we go, um, just quick round the horn. Uh, to a quick answer, who came out the best of this errata? At, and is there any faction you think you know went up or down in a significant degree? Guild went up. Guild. Yeah, I Guild, mean they went up by Guild. not going down. Well, well no, they went no, up they went, a couple. They went. Yeah. That also by not going down. <laughs> yeah. No, that too. I mean, yeah. Neverborn kind of stayed the same. They got lightly touched. It wasn't anything terrible. Mm. I mean, some people would, would disagree with you on the Serena uh, change, but uh, she's less survivable now. They're uh, welcome Never, to be Neverborn wrong. Neverborn are, are, are fine uh, as they are. Yeah, I think... Um, I think... Of my, my, my opinion, I think Outcast came out ahead of the most. Um, not look massively, but the... The nerfs weren't too bad, and the buffs were pretty good. I, I would say the Yoko change really, really helped 10 Thunders, but they got a lot of nerfs, so I think it's all going to kind of come out to probably a net down in power level. Um, I think that's my key takeaway. Yeah, because it was their high-end masters that got nerfed. Not all of them. They still have uh, Shenlong. So, I think we can all agree the big loser here was Von Stuck, uh, which maybe brought him back down to the power level of other masters. But we don't want that. We want him to be so much better so that all quake in fear of his awesome might. Uh, no. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, opinions and, differ. And I would be remiss if I didn't end this. Uh, if we didn't end this podcast with a good Nerf Leviticus. Nerf Leviticus. Nerf Leviticus. No, no, he's big Nerf. No more Nerfs. <laughs> Sufficient nerfing. All right. Uh, thank you all for listening to this episode of the Capital City Crew podcast. Let us know in the comments once this episode comes out uh, what you thought was the most impactful change. Do you agree with our takes? Uh, we look forward to hearing from you, and we will be back soon in your feed with another exciting episode. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Capital City Crew Podcast. We hope you tune in next time.